Good morning, everybody. Does anybody here remember the Rocky films? I think they went from Rocky 1, which was in 1976, to Rocky 6 in the, late, in the early 2000s. I'll tell you what I think. I think that they have to be considered the greatest guy movies of all times. And as I watch them, I remember fighting every round with Rocky, you know, fighting every round. It's a movie about dedication, passion, sacrifice, and yes, destiny. And all of these things, it's what it took for Rocky Bilbao to achieve the dream, friends, the dream of becoming the world boxing champion. And it was such a popular movie. I don't think it was the acting though. I think it was probably the storyline, uh, which was rags to riches. Rocky, a humble no-hoper, wanted more than just being just a boxer. He wanted to be the best. And he was ready to do whatever it took to win. And we all wanted him to win, to reach his dream and win in every one of the Rocky movies. Today, friends, I'd like to propose to you that there is a dream, a race and a destiny to be run and to be won spiritually in our lives. God has set the course for our lives and is calling us into the game. He is calling us into the race. Friends, this morning, I want to tell you that I believe strongly in that word called destiny. And that as human beings, men and women, we are meant for greatness. But I also believe that very few people live their lives at this level of heightened awareness. And even fewer breathe in the life that comes from walking every day in that destiny. I have called this message Destiny's Child. So turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel, and I want to just read a few verses from Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, and it says this. There was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zerah, the son of Bekorath, the son of Alphia, a Benjaminite, a mighty man of power. And he had a choice and handsome son whose name was Saul. There was not a more handsome person than he among the children of Israel. And from his shoulders upwards, he was taller than any of the people. Now, I want to go forward a bit in this chapter to verses 15 and 17. And I'll tell you why in a minute. And it says this in verse 15. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear the day before Saul came, saying, Tomorrow about this time I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him commander over my people Israel, that he may save my people from the hands of the Philistines. 
for I have looked upon my people because their cry has come to me. So when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, there he is, the man of whom I spoke to you. This one shall reign over my people. Now, I read those verses to show you that the prophet Samuel did not choose Saul, nor did the children of Israel choose Saul to lead them out of the bondage of the Philistines, but rather God chose this man, not by random, not by some afterthought, not even by mistake, the Lord chose him, he anointed him, and in verse 9 he tells us that he gave him another heart and went with him. In essence, what the Lord was telling Samuel is this, take a good look, Samuel. This is the man I have chosen. This is the man who will do the job. This is the man that has been blessed with a destiny, a purpose, and a future. So what I would like to say to the church this morning is this. It's time for us to fulfill our destinies. We have been called for such a time as this. We have been called for such a time as this. We have been chosen for such a time as this. And we have been given a job to do. Not by man. Not by mistake, but by God. So today, let's fulfill our destinies. What is destiny? Well, in simple terms, destiny is God's purpose for our lives. It is our appointed and ordained future. Destiny is what God has predetermined for us to become It is his divine will for our existence. But you know what, friends? It's so sad at times to read within the scriptures and even see in those that we know, those people who have somehow missed their destiny. They have aborted the plan and the will of God for their lives. They started out right. They had a great desire. But somewhere along the way, they got sidetracked. They parked up and missed out on their destiny. So this morning, I want to ask us, are we ready to fulfill that destiny Saul, the man from our scripture reading this morning, was a man that missed his opportunity. God himself chose Saul to lead his people out of bondage. He was an anointed man, a man that at one time was led by the Spirit of the Lord. He was gifted with the spirit of prophecy. He was destined by God to lead Israel. And God was with him. He was a man with a destiny. He was a mighty man of valor. He was a handsome man, taller than all his peers. He was a great warrior. He feared God and he loved God. And that's why God chose him. But yet, 
one of the most tragic pictures we see within this book of 1 Samuel is when Saul, the king of Israel, began to come apart. He only walked in his destiny for a while. He started off right, but somewhere along the way, he got tripped up. He got within himself, and instead of trying to fulfill his destiny, he started desiring the applause of the people. And he began to compromise, friends. He began to compromise the plan and the will of God. And the plan of God at that time was to lead God's people out of bondage. Can I say that the message of the church today is still the same? We are still to lead the people out of bondage the bondage of sin. And can I say to the church this morning that we have not been called to compromise that message. We cannot and we mustn't compromise our mission. And as a church, we must try and save the lost at any cost. Friends, the mission of the church is to save souls and to perfect the saints. And we cannot compromise that message. Today, friends, we have a job to do. Friends, I feel that we are coming near the end times. And I feel that we could be the generation that will see him come in the clouds of glory. So now is not the time to compromise our principles. You know, my heart is not filled with fear and worry and confusion. God has not forsaken us like some people might believe. But this I understand, that my life and your life has been filled with destiny. And our churches do have a purpose. And our people do have a ministry. God is still adding to the church daily, such as should be saved. And there's a reason why we, us, are here this morning worshipping and praising God. It's part of our destiny. Throughout all the Bible, there are kings and priests and prophets and saints and servants and worshippers and shepherds and tent makers that all had destinies to fulfil. And throughout all the scriptures, there are lessons for us to learn. But the most important lesson for us to learn is this, that we cannot compare our destinies to theirs. What God did for them in times of old, it was fantastic, but it was for them. This morning, I believe that God wants to do something new in us. Something new, something fresh. Isaiah 43 verse 18 says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. And can I remind you that the prophet Joel saw our destiny in a vision. And he says in Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29, And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. 
Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. God will not judge this generation by what our forefathers did. Their lives have nothing to do with our destiny. They will have their own just rewards. But our generation, friends, our generation will be judged by what we have been given and what we have done with what we have been given. You see, we have been given that wonderful apostolic truth. We have been given this powerful word of God. We have been given the glorious Holy Spirit. And they have taught us how to worship and praise God. And they've passed down their convictions onto our lives. They've given us stability and they've given us faithfulness. Friends, you know, we are living in a generation that wants to make all kinds of excuses. We want to blame everybody else for our struggles. The church today finds it easy to blame the fact that we are living in a wicked society. And it's easy to say that today there are perilous times and people are worse now than then they were back then. We say as pastors, the saints don't love God like they used to. They are not as faithful. But can I say this to the church this morning? This is our time. This is our chance. This is our opportunity. Today is the day of salvation. Let's quit making excuses. Let's quit waiting for a more convenient time. We have no other time because we have a destiny to fulfill. Romans 13 verse 11 says this, and do this knowing that time that now is a, is a high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. You see, friends, the devil doesn't care how much we do for God as long as we don't do it today. And it's his job to get us to pass up on our opportunities, to park up on our chances and to give up on our destinies. Friends, we have been given a mandate by Almighty God through his word, which says to work while it is yet day, for night cometh and no man can work. As Jesus said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Friends, we have the Holy Spirit. We have the message. We have the anointing and we have the power. So let's fulfill our destinies. I want to tell you about a football manager that many sports fans believe to be the best in the business. His name is Josep Guardiola, better known as Pep Guardiola, and he's the manager of Manchester City. Yes. He demands three things from his players. He demands commitment, intensity, and discipline. And I want to change those words this morning. Commitment I want to change to 
dedication, intensity to passion, and discipline to sacrifice. And for us to fulfill our destiny, just like Rocky, I think we need a bit of those words. Dedication, to start with. Every time a football player goes on to play his trade, it goes on to the pitch, he has to play from the ground up. From the soles of his feet, right up to his head, every inch of him has to play. Now some guys, they play just with their heads. And that's okay. But more importantly, you've got to play with your heart and every fibre of your body. And if you're lucky enough to find a player who has a lot of head and a lot of heart, he will never, never come off the pitch second best. And as followers of Jesus Christ, it's one thing to have a whole bunch of knowledge in our heads about who God is and what the Bible says. But we need to allow that knowledge to register, to filter down into our hearts. In Matthew 20, 22, verse 37, Jesus says, you must love the Lord with the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul and all of your mind. God commands us to love him with everything we've got, not just a part of us. And success spiritually comes when we become doers of the word, not only hearers, but doers of the word. When we listen, not only with our heads, but also more importantly, when we listen with our hearts. The second word I want to use is the word passion. Someone once said, there is only one way to succeed in anything, and that is to give it everything. Our ability to see success in life is based on knowing what God's purpose is for our lives. That he created us with greatness in mind, with a specific destiny to pursue. And we must pursue that destiny with passion. I love the story of the lad who wrote a passionate letter to his dad. His dad found the letter propped up on his bed early, very early one morning. The whole room had been cleaned, the bed had been made, and there was this letter which just said on it, Dad. So he picked up the letter very nervously, shaking a bit. And it's, he read it, it said this, Dear Dad, it is with great regret and sorrow that I am writing to you. I had to elope with my new girlfriend because I wanted to avoid a scene with you and mum. I've been finding real passion with Stacy. She is so nice. But I knew you wouldn't approve of her because of all the body piercings, tattoos, and her unorthodox way of dressing. Because, and because she is twice as old as me. But, not, but that's not the only passion, that's not the only passion, Dad. She's pregnant as well. Stacy said we will be absolutely very happy in her caravan. 
And she has opened my eyes to the fact that marijuana doesn't really hurt anybody. We will be growing it ourselves and trading it in with, for, for other, with other people on the commune for all the cocaine that we need. Don't worry, Dad. I'm 15 now and I know how to look, take care of myself. I'm sure we will come back and visit you someday. All my love, your son, Joshua. He then wrote a, turned the page over and he wrote a postscript and he said this, P.S. Dad, none of the above is true. I just wanted to remind you that there are more, worse things in life than the school report that's on the kitchen table. Passion. Friends, I believe more than ever before that more than anything that what our world needs more than anything else is passion. A holy passion that burns in our souls as we pursue the destiny to which God has called us to. And if we passionately pursue his calling, our world would be changed. Think about it. Love would be overflowing. Servanthood would be the norm. Families would be unbreakable. Grace, kindness, mercy and peace would be our cornerstones. And lives would have meaning. And souls would be illuminated by the light of God and darkness would be stamped out. Friends, do you see it? Pursue God with passion. Live life to the fullest. Find out what he's calling us to, then live it out passionately. That's where fulfillment is found. That's where joy abounds. That's where passion lives. Find our purpose and our passion will follow. Find our purpose and passion will burn intensely and brightly. Find our passion and we will change the world. The last word I want to talk about is sacrifice. Someone once said, once a man and woman have made a commitment to a way of life. They put the greatest strength in the world behind them. It's something we call heart power. Once a person has made this commitment, nothing will stop them. Hear the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart and thoughts will also be. Our heart holds the ability to succeed or fail in what God calls us to. Listen again to the writer's description of the spiritual life in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And it says this, And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus on whom our faith depends from start to finish. He was willing to die a shameful death on the cross because of the joy he knew would be his afterwards. Now he is seated in the highest, in the place of highest honour besides God's throne in heaven. That joy that Jesus knew was seeing you and me running the race. 
seeing us winning our race and chasing our destiny. Friends, the calling of God on our lives takes not only commitment and passion, but it takes a real look at the sacrifices made along the way. And as this verse in Hebrews tells us, Jesus is our best example of that. Christ ran the toughest race of all. He paid the ultimate price. Jesus had to be dedicated to the Father. Jesus had to be passionate about us. Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice. He gave everything, even his life, for us. And his call to us today is to give our lives back to him. It's a life for a life, friends. I want you to be clear on that. Following Jesus is not a walk in the park. It takes dedication. It takes passion. And it takes sacrifice. Friends, this message this morning is all about the heart. A heart dedicated to finding and following God's leading in our lives. A heart passionate about pursuing the destiny God has for us, each and every one of us. A heart that is willing to sacrifice, to do whatever it takes to get up when we get knocked down, to succeed when others think we will fail and to endure many hardships along the way. Dedication, passion, sacrifice. That's what creates destiny in people's lives. That's what lights up our souls. That's what will cause us to hear Jesus say at the end of this game called life, well done, my good and faithful servant. Friends, destiny will not be determined by chance, but by choice. In finishing, I want to tell you about a, a, a certain courthouse in Ohio. And it stands in a fantastically unique position. The rain that falls on the north side of the building flows down and goes into Lake Ontario and the Gulf of the St. Lawrence. The rain that falls on the south side of the building goes, flows down and goes into the Mississippi River and the Gulf of Mexico. At that precise point, at the very peak, at the apex of the roof, just a gentle puff of wind can determine the destiny of those raindrops. But here's the thing, it will make a difference of more than 2,000 miles to their final destination. The spiritual application, I think, is very clear to that story. By the smallest deed of choice, we might set in motion influences that could change our own destiny and so our future. I know sometimes we feel that we have no destiny or purpose and we ask ourselves, what could God ever do with me? 
But friends, I am here this morning to remind you, our finger is not as big as God's. Our mind is not as big as his. And our thoughts are not his. Because his dreams are bigger than ours. In closing, let me say this. God has given us a destiny. He has sketched out a plan for each and every one of us. There will be those that will question our destiny. But I want you to remember this morning, God has called us, God has anointed us, and God has chosen us. Friends, it's time we fulfilled our destiny. God bless you all this morning.